0: Expressions on his face, there are sweet expressions on each face, and I know that it's the presence of the Lord, Sweet Holy Spirit. Oh
1: God, Lord, this is your time. We are your people. We pray, Father, as we open your words today that you will bring them alive in our lives. Help us, Lord, to adhere to these words. That the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. I'd like you to turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 5. You are the strength of my life. Praise God. John chapter 5. I'm asking you to stick with me for the next few minutes. As we look in this book of John, uh, I, I like to show you a little history. And as you know, John was this gospel, this book was the the last book that was written in the Bible, the last book. I know that many believe that it is the book of Revelation, but the book of Revelation influenced the writing of John. And if you look at the themes and the, the, dif- the different things that John had uh, brought out, the Godhead revealing the, the Holy Spirit, as we talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, John is, is bringing this all out, but it's influenced by what he saw in the book of Revelation. And John is he's bringing the, all of these various themes and showing that Jesus has power over every situation that you may encounter in life. And so you are here today, And as all our faces differ, there is a situation in your life that you may think that is overpowering you, but God is here telling us that he has power over that. We need not fear. Sometimes the situations that we face in life We think that the situation is bigger than God, but God is bigger than it. Give yourselves a few more years, and the longer you live in Christ, in faith, you'll realize the true power, the majestic power of God. And we see Jesus in those three and a half years that he walked around, uh, Jerusalem. Jesus, he challenged these problems. And he, 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 he showed how to deal with these problems. Now, I want you to understand, I was teaching a Sabbath school class this morning, and um, one of the things that occurred to me as I was uh, teaching this, uh, so many of us, we walk around and we think that somehow that when Jesus came down in this world, And he lived in this world and he was tempted just like we are. And as in Hebrews, Hebrews tells us that he was tempted in all points, but yet without sin. I want you to understand that Jesus, when he came down to this world, he toned it down a bit. Uh, He did not use his divinity. Uh, Everything that he did, he did as a human being everything that he did he did exactly in a manner that you can you will do it and he overcame showing that if he overcame you can overcome as well and so we are we have to understand that Jesus he toned it down he was divinity he was the the majestic of all majesty And he came down and humbled himself, finding himself in the form of a man. He lived as a man. He was tempted as a man in all points, in every single point. Yes, that temptation that you're having in your mind. Yes, Jesus was tempted as well. Yes, that rough yes. Even with that one, you're thinking about it. You know it, yes. Jesus, he was tempted, he was tempted with that too. But guess what? He overcame it. It did not overcome him. And so the mere fact that Jesus was able to overcome, we have to understand that we can overcome too, amen? Because the very same power that Jesus depended on, that very same power, he is here. And that is the Holy Spirit. Jesus, when he walked around this earth, he did nothing on his own. He basically depended on the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was the Holy Spirit that we see John brings out in, in his ministry, showing that Jesus was able to accomplish all that he did through the Holy Spirit. And in the book of John chapter 5 now, we see a very interesting story. And, and I'm pretty sure you have heard this story. You have heard many sermons on it. I've preached on it in many different ways. But as I was going through this uh, sermon this week, it occurred to me one thing. And I want to bring this out uh, to you this morning. Uh, In John chapter um, 5, verse 1, it says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. It says, Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Are five pools. And these, in these laid a great multitude of impotent folk, of impotent folks, people that had various infirmities, sicknesses, all sorts of people strewn out all across this area, and they were sick. And then it describes some that were blind, some that were halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. And so what we have to understand in this text, we're seeing that these individuals that's around the pool is describing the scene. And this, we, we understand that this is the sheep gate or the sheep pool. This is a feeding area. And they had five various pools and they don't know where the source of the water came from, but they believed there was a spring that was deep beneath the earth that was feeding this pool. And so Jesus came around this and these individuals, in one translation, it says that there were multitudes of invalids, uh, people that were blind, lame, and paralyzed. They were all sick folks around this area, this place that was called in the Aramaic tongue Bethesda. And when we think of that term Bethesda, Bethesda means the the house of mercy or the house of grace. These people were, as it were, around the house of mercy, the house of grace. They came to a place like this church. They were like in a place like the hospital, a place where the sick people gathered hoping to be healed. And they had all sorts of different maladies. Whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, we're all sick. We're all afflicted. We are all invalids. You may think that you're walking straight and walking upright, but... Through heaven's eyes, we're walking with a limp. And every single one of us, there is something within us that needs to be tweaked and something that needs to be fixed. The problem is that we don't know it. And the, one of the hardest things, dealing with people that are in need, they cannot have their problems fixed unless they recognize it unless they admit it. And, and, and so as doctors, uh, doctors, uh, one of the, the main things they, they, they check for is that individual's consciousness of their sickness. If you're not conscious that you're sick or admit that you are sick and you're in denial, it is hard to treat you because they will refuse treatment. And so when we see this now, these individuals, they are around this pool and they are gathering around this pool and there is this, this, um, this myth this, this, uh, that has been passed on from one generation to the other that this water, as we're going to see, this, they're waiting for a certain season when the water would be troubled. And so all these folks the blind, the hard, the withered, they were waiting for the moving of the waters. For in verse four, as we're noting here, in verse four, an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. That is how the water, when they saw the, the water troubling, they said the angel is there. And whosoever went first, After the troubling of the water and stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Isn't that interesting? And so these people, they they sat around and they're waiting for the troubling of the water. The water had to be troubled in order for someone to be healed. But the only thing is that you had to be first. You had to be first. The interesting thing about this, whether truth or not, is that uh, if you know that you are sick and afflicted and you know your neighbor is sick and afflicted and and uh, you're you're seeing the water troubled, imagine the scene when the water was troubled. What do you think these sick folk would do? What do you think sick folk would do? They'll be fighting one another. They will be fighting one another, pushing the other back to make sure that they are the first one into the pool. And this mentality is not heaven's mentality. And so when this whole scene was set up and John set it up in a very interesting way and, and so we're seeing now that all these people, they are just waiting for the troubling of that water. In verse 5, it says, and a certain man was there. There was a certain man that somehow, it was noted that this certain man, and he says this man had an infirmity for how many years? 38 years he was sick. And when And when Jesus saw him lie there and he knew that he had been there for a long time in that case, he said unto him, "Wilt thou be made whole? Somehow in the whole mix, in this whole scenario, Jesus decided that he is going to zoom in on this one man. I don't know why he ignored all the others, but somehow Jesus zoomed in on this one man and asked that one question, wilt thou be made whole? Interesting, I was listening to this story the other day, and I've heard it in different forms, and uh, in this form I heard this, this writer, he was sitting on the beach and contemplating and thinking of what he should write his next book on and while he was there in the just allowing the the waves to hypnotize his mind and to soothe himself uh thinking of what he his next writing assignment he looked out and he saw this young man doing the day dance whatever that is right he was dancing on the on the sand and He looked a little closer and he got up and he started, he said, this is very strange. What is, what's happening with this young man? And he got a little closer and realized that this young man was not in fact dancing. He recognized that this young man, he was stooping down and he was taking up something and tossing it into the sea, way beyond the waves. And so this young man, every so often, he would stoop and he would do the same motion and he kept doing that. And so he thought that this man was dancing. But he got a little closer and he looked and saw that he was taking up these starfish and taking up one after the other and tossing it into the sea. And then he looked and opened up his mind and he saw all along the beach many many starfish thousands and thousands of starfish on the sand so the man walked up to him the writer walked up to him and said young man why are you wasting your time and energy throwing these starfish in the sea and so while the young man listening to him he picked up one and tossed it in the sea and he says well that one is saved. At least that one is saved. You know, life is, you know, it's about perspective. Many times we come and, and we, we, we see you and we say, why waste your time on this one person? You know, Jesus, the very same Jesus that stepped out in this world of darkness And Jesus, it says, by the word of his mouth, this whole world was created. And Jesus says, let there be light. And immediately there was light in this earth. And he says, you know, let the water be divided from the land. And it was done. Jesus, the very same one who had faith in in God as he walked as a man, Jesus could have stood among all of these impotent folk. He could have come to that church He could have come to that pool of Bethesda. He could have come to that house of grace, that house of hope, and Jesus could have done this. Everyone healed. And every one of these impotent folk would have been healed. But somehow Jesus walked in and walked over to that man. To that man that was sick, that was impotent, that was paralyzed for 38 long years. 38 long years. He went to one man. Who did you go to this week? Who did you go to this week? Driving along, coming up, on, um, I believe it is D Street, turning up on J Street, turning left on Owens, going all the way down and about to pick up the 15 and you look and you see a sea of people under the bridge many people begging and you pick up the freeway and says well it's pointless I can't help any of them and so we see these people coming this morning down the 95 coming turn left on MLK three people they're always there under the underpass sheltering themselves homeless people we tell ourselves they are too many for us to make a difference but have you touched one this week have you reached out to one this week at least one have you made a difference in someone's life this week Or are you so self absorbed in your life? You know, I got to get to work. I got to get to school. I got to do my own stuff. Let's keep it real. Jesus walked over to that one man, and I think that was a message here. He walked over to that one man and he asked him a question. He didn't say, Hey, how was your day? He could have done that. And that would have been all right. But Jesus walked over to him, and he just simply said, "Wilt thou be made whole?" And what does the man answer? The man's hope and dreams was in something else other than what he didn't even know what was coming. Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent impotent man answered and said, Sir, said to him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step down before me. And that's the man. He is looking at the pool. The pool is the thing. And the man thinks that, listen, if someone will just take me after the troubling of the water, if someone that is unselfish comes and takes me and dips me in the pool, then I will be made whole. And so this man was hopeless. He had lost all hope. He was at the house of mercy, but the house of mercy was not showing him me any, any mercy at all. He was at the pool. He was at the place where he perceived that he could be healed, but there was no healing coming. None whatsoever. Because everybody's more stronger, able-bodied people, they're rushing in to take care of business. But they didn't care about this man. And for 38 years, I don't know how long this man stayed there, but he made his home there. And people were healed and left, supposedly, right? And so this man, he had lost all hope, but he didn't know that the source of all life was standing right there. He didn't know that the Savior of the world was standing right there. He didn't know that the one who brought mercy to the house was in the house. He didn't know that this God, this, this God, great God of the universe, that he was there walking in human form. He didn't know that. How many times do we have all the power before us, but we're playing around with it? We don't realize it. You know, one of the most discouraging things is when you find a former Christian Someone that was a Christian or someone that had all the opportunities and you're talking to that person and you listen to the despair in their life when they realize, you know, I had it all. And, and my aim is to tell them, listen, your life is still within you. You can come back. You know, we specialize in a God that helps you to make a comeback if you just allow him to. He will restart that energy. He'll remember, you'll go back and I hear people talk about, oh, when I used to go to Sunday school, when I used to go to Sabbath school, it used to be so great and they reminisce on the past. They talk about the past, but somehow they're not linked into the present right now. And when we don't realize, we don't realize that our God, he, he, he's a present God. He wants to touch us. He wants to speak to your life right now. He wants to be there for you. But some of us, truly, we're in church right now, and we feel that somehow, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just here for this program. But God wants you to be here. He wants you to occupy He wants you to know that this is your house. He wants you to know that truly this is the house of mercy, but it's not just called the house of mercy, that there is a God of mercy that's in this place. Amen? Amen. He wants you to know that you came to church today, and uh, if you will, you can be made whole if you allow him to. But somehow, somehow we block it. We block God and we just keep him at bay. You know, we believe in God and and so forth, but we just keep him at bay and God wants to come in and he wants to renovate your house. He wants to fix you up and put you in order and all of these things, but we do not allow him. The truth be told The truth be told, when we break it all down and we see the ministry of Jesus, that Jesus simply, you know, Jesus was a man of just few words. Whatever he said, it was just direct. And so this man, his hope was in the pool. His hope was in this place, Bethesda. But Christ had to somehow work with this man. And what does Jesus said now? When this man said what he had to say and nobody is there for me and everything and he was complaining and all of, have you ever been around some of these people, they're always complaining they're always complaining and complaining and complaining and it's just sometimes, you know I, I specialize and I train myself to listen, just listen bite your tongue, don't say a word complaining, complaining and complaining and Jesus now said unto him rise take up your bed and walk get up take up your bed and walk I don't know if Jesus said enough right in, his, in the tone of his voice but somehow he says rise take up your bed and walk rise take up your bed and get out of here you don't need to be here right but somehow Jesus just said that to him I don't know if Jesus interrupted his sentence or whatever it is but he just came right away and said that and he says immediately the man the man was made whole and he took up his bed and walked and on the same day the same day it was the Sabbath the same day was the Sabbath Take up your bed and walk. And the man got up immediately. And the same day was the Sabbath. Now, can you imagine when this story is being rehearsed to someone else that was not there, perhaps someone that was a Pharisee, as you're going to hear after. And this is being rehearsed. And this man that everyone knew that was hanging around this pool for 38 years, and all of a sudden uh, they heard that what? The inter- Im- impotent man, the, this guy with infirmities for 30 years, he's healed? Wow! Can you imagine? And they said, wait, well, hold on, hold on. He was healed when? On the Sabbath day? What? Can you imagine? when these guys heard the shock that this man was healed but whoa on the Sabbath day now John was bringing this out as he's unfolding this and he says in verse 10 the Jews therefore said unto him that was cured it is the Sabbath day it is not lawful for you for thee to carry that bed (laughs) come on Come on. This guy, he was for 38 years, this man was on this bed, hoping for someone to help him. And one thing I learned uh, visiting hospitals if you stay on that bed too long, doctor, your, your limb becomes what? Atrophy, is it? Right? It's his lots. Right? Your your limbs become seized. Right? And and you you cannot move as you used to. And so this man was on the bed for all these 30, you know, eight years. And when you laying on a bed, I understand that, you know, and you you're paralyzed, someone has to come and roll you over, right? And even wash you, right? freshen your skin up and get the blood going and everything right and i don't believe that he had readily a physiotherapist there i don't think he had that right i don't think he had his own personal nurse or doctor right and so this man could you imagine that when 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 he was on this bed he had he must have had bed sores right he must have smelt a little funny Right uh, wh- When he spoke, uh, you probably had to step back because whatever was coming out, he, you didn't know how he ate. Anything that came within a range, he probably ate. And so he probably was not too smelling well. He probably was not healthy, so to speak. And so this man was in bad shape. And so when Jesus said to him, "'Rise and take up your bed and walk,' This man, can you imagine, after going through all of this, this man took up his bed, knowing that the limbs that not, was not working for 38 years, can you imagine, this man took up his bed, and I mean, his cot rolled it up, and started to walk, can you imagine? Do you think that you're going to listen to what any Pharisees saying? Forget about you Pharisees. I mean, you better cut your beard before I put down this thing, right? And so these guys, this guy was just moving with his bed happy. But these Pharisees, and we have some modern-day Christian Pharisees around here. Modern-day Christian Pharisees. This man was healed he was healed and he was moving around and he don't care about nothing. He is just moving now and enjoying himself and praising God, walking with his bed. You think he's going to say, well, no, this is not the Sabbath. The one who healed me told me to take up this bed. The God of the universe told me. Remember in the book of Mark chapter 2, verse 27, when Jesus was walking through the cornfield on the Sabbath day and his disciples, the stomach, you know, started to growl, you know, the hunger pangs, right? And he was walking through the field on the Sabbath day and, and, and Jesus, you know, took corn, and he rubbed it in. The creator of the universe took the corn and rubbed it and prepared it and gave it unto disciples. And they were eating corn and say, whoa, thank you, Jesus. This is really great. And they were just chowing down the corn and throwing the husk aside and just one corn after another, right? Sweet corn, it had to be because it came from the hand of Jesus, right? And so they were eating this thing, enjoying the fellowship on the sabbath day they were enjoying the fellowship on the sabbath day yes jesus prepared it he plucked it everything and gave it to them on the sabbath day and they were just enjoying it and guess who showed the pharisees they said why it's not lawful for you to do this on the sabbath day eating corn that means you had to farm you had to harvest this thing you are breaking the sabbath and what does jesus say He says the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And we have some Christian Pharisees right now. We would have been with those Pharisees and we would have been standing with those Pharisees and contemning Jesus and the disciples for what he was doing. And Jesus says, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And he said, the son of man is what? He is Lord of the Sabbath. And we got to understand what this is all about. So Jesus came now. He was the one that told, the, told this man to take up his bed. In verse 11, and he answered them and says, he that made me whole, the same said to me, the very same person that made me whole, The one that healed me that you could not, you couldn't even heal, right? That same one, he told me to take my bed up and walk. And then they asked him, What man is it which sent thee to take up thy bed and walk? That take up thy bed and walk. And he that was healed was not, did not know who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away and a multitude uh, being in place, in that place. And so Jesus, he did not reveal himself. He just said, take up thy bed. And and the guy was healed and all of that. But check it out. We serve an awesome God. And sometimes Jesus sets these things up and he just heals the man. And perhaps Jesus is in the crowd just watching all of the commotion. And everybody knew that this man, he was the man that was healed, right? For all those, and he's seen Jesus seen this man bopping with his bed, and everybody's hey, isn't that this man? And the whole crowd. Can you imagine? Jesus is looking. But as as all of this is taking place now, Jesus He's not revealing himself. But afterwards, the scripture says, it says afterwards, the next verse, it says afterwards, verse 14, afterwards Jesus findeth him in the temple and said to him, behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. A worse thing and the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore the Jews persecute Jesus, sought to persecute him and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Can you imagine that? He had done all of these things and Jesus now Said this, and we're coming down the mountain here. Jesus answered and said to them, My father work hitherto, and I work. The question I want to ask you, Sabbath keepers, on the Sabbath, on the Sabbath, do you work? Jesus says, The Father works right? And I work, are you working? On the Sabbath day, now we're not talking about the nine-to-five job, but Jesus was working for people. He was working for the kingdom. He was working to depopulate hell. He was working to minister to the people. Jesus' ministry of healing was all about that. Jesus gave it all up and he came down to this sin-cursed earth for what? To save us. He came down to make a difference in someone's life. He came down to make a difference in a homeless person's life. He came down to make a difference in someone that is in prison. He came down to make a difference in that woman that was ostracized from society. To say, woman, listen, you are loose. Jesus came to make a difference in family's life. He came to make a difference to show us how to truly keep the Sabbath. That's what Jesus Christ came to make a difference in. He came to give us life more abundantly. And we are fooling around and say, well, we're looking and spying on people to see if they're breaking the Sabbath. Come on, Adventist Pharisees. Christ. He is calling us into a brand new experience and he wants to liberate us that we should worship God in spirit and in truth. And if the truth be told, we will understand and understand that our life, this life that we're living, somehow it's not being fulfilled because we it is just by law. We're just following the law but not the spirit. If we follow the spirit of the law, The spirit will show us how to keep the Sabbath. And so when we think of this, these guys were trying to persecute Jesus and he says, listen, my father works and I work. The question for us, are we working on behalf of the kingdom of God? And that's what it comes down to. Therefore, the Jews sought even more to kill him. Jesus was giving them the truth, and they were seeking to kill him. I am telling you, when you start living for truth, they're going to seek to kill you. They're going to try to set you up. Yes, they're going to be telling lies on you. When you stand up for what is right, people will attack you. All of a sudden, you had no problem at work, and they're going to say, well, you know, you need to work on the Sabbath. All of a sudden, you know you're going to have problems with your professors at school, your neighbor. When you step out and start living for God, start living for the truth, believe you me, you're going to have these snipers on the outside. You're going to have these snipers on the inside. You're going to have trouble in your family. It's going to happen. It's going to come. It is the cost of discipleship. The cause of discipleship, yes, you will be persecuted. But as a church, we got to understand it's not about us. It is about God. It is about what God wants in your life. And so right across the city, you may be listening to this message. God is calling you into a relationship don't think that you're going to become a christian and all of a sudden you're going to walk in streets of gold right away it is promised yes don't think that oh because you're a christian your boss is going to be rolling out the red carpet before you yeah you're going to have some rough times you're going to deal with some deep some some wolves. let me break it down truth And so, folks, we gotta understand if they were seeking to kill Jesus, if they were seeking to persecute him, why won't they do the same to you, to us? Why? And so, we gotta understand that this Christian journey that we're on is not a cakewalk. We just have to focus on Christ, and he says, Don't worry, I will bring you through. They may even kill you. I have the power to resurrect you. They may evil cause you to stumble and all kinds of different things and mess up your, your employment and all of these things. It don't matter. They, it may, whatever may happen may damage your credit. Don't, don't worry about that. It's stored up in heaven anyways, right? That's what it's all about. And so, folks, we got to understand... That Jesus Christ, as he was persecuted, as he was maligned, and they told lies on him and all of these things, because he stood up for the right, they will do the same towards us. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son of Man, the Son of Man cannot do nothing of himself But what he sees the Father do, uh, for what things soever he doeth, these things also does the Son do likewise. And these are the things that we need to do likewise. Amen? And this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I receive of my Father. I am living according to what my Father says. And this is what I want you to do. And so folks, this is what the gospel is all about. I want you to turn in my closing text here to Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah 58. And if you want to know what the gospel is all about, Isaiah 58 is the key. In Isaiah 58, we find that the Lord is telling directly, he's telling us exactly how we ought to to conduct ourselves. In Isaiah chapter 58, Isaiah 58, we have it? Isaiah 58. And when we see this, we see this um, in, in such a real and vivid way, God is calling us into this fellowship. He is calling us into, into a relationship where we will just allow God to work on our behalf, amen? And, you know, sometimes it, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, we, sometimes we, we feel ourselves locked in to, the, to this role and we think that we're playing up to people's standard. It's not about people's standard. It, it is God's standard. And in Isaiah 58, it says, cry aloud, Cry aloud and spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and shew my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily. They come daily and they pray and they seek me and delight to know my ways. As a nation did uh, righteousness, that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinances of God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice, and they take delight the in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast ye shall, find, ye shall find pleasure and exact your labors. Behold, he fasts for strife and debate, to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice to be heard and high. Is it such a fast? Listen to this now. Is it such a fast that I have chosen? Is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul, to bow down his head like a bulrush, and to spread sackcloth and ashes on him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day of the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of the wickedness of wickedness and unto the heavy burdens, undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house when thou seest the naked that will cover him and that thou will hide not thyself from thine own flesh? When we see the need of others, do we hide ourselves? When you see your neighbor in need, do you rush and hide because you don't want your neighbor to ask? Is this the kind of fast that God is calling us into where we we? keep ourselves from others and we think we're better than others christ says it is your own flesh look at the person beside you that's your own flesh that is your own flesh we came from the same source and we are going to the same place it is your own flesh It says, if we do all of these things and recognize that we all have the same thing in common, we all have the same need, then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy re, reward. Then shall thy, thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Do you wonder why God does not answer you? You're hiding from your own flesh. Don't you think that God will hide from you too? Huh? Come on, everybody. God, he is telling us And he's breaking this down. If we should just break it down and and just allow, it says, God, he will say, here I am. And if thou take away from thy midst of thee the yoke, and putting forth of thy finger and spreading vanities if thou wilt draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness be as the noonday and the Lord shall guide thee continually continually And satisfy thy soul in drought, and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water, whose water fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places, and thou shalt rise up the foundation of many generations. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the path to dwell in. I mean, God is so powerful. He's given us the recipe. If you cannot think or you realize that your prayers are not being answered, this is your solution reach out to your own flesh, be real. Get down into the mud. Help somebody out of the mud. Help that one person. You don't have to help everybody. But help that one starfish. Help that one homeless person. Help that one job seeker. Help that one person. And you will see. The reason that I help a lot of people. And I, this is a part of my ministry. I, I like to build resources. If you need a job, okay, here's a job. If you need to see a doctor, here's a... If you need an immigration lawyer, here it is. I realized more in that way... It's selfish, yes, I may be selfish. I, I get blessed. <laughs> yes! I don't want to be cursed. We got to help one another. This is the economy of heaven. We got to help them to the pool. We got to help each individual. What, that's what it's all about, everybody. And so God is calling us into this beautiful relationship where we realize it's not, you know, some of us, we are so law-minded that we are just heavenly no good. All we think about is the law, the law, the law, the law, the law. And true, the law needs to be kept, but you can't keep it on your own. Isn't that right, Brother O.D.? It is only by the righteousness of Christ i got to wrap this up. But as we come down here, God is calling us into a relationship. But it's not just a relationship with him. It's a relationship with each other. It's a relationship with each other. God is calling us into a relationship. We need to get to know the people. We need to start mingling and getting to know people. Right, Brother Javier? We got to get to know people. When Brother Javier stood up at that homeless council and he spoke passionately and he said, hey, we need to remember the prisoners. I never forgot that. We got to build a relationship. It's not about no culture thing. You could be on this black pride and this and that and that and guess what? Your black pride will burn in hell. (laughs) Come on. It can't be about no pride this because every single one of us, whether you are Latino or Latina or whatever it is, right? Whether you're a Filipino, heaven is what we desire. Amen? And so we could be proud about being black or being Jewish or being whatever it is, right? But when it comes down to it, we got to be there for each other. Hands on, ready to go. I want to encourage this church. We're getting into an election season and I know some of you go, I'm not going to be serving in church because of what they did to me and all of these things, right? You know, well, you shouldn't let that be your problem. God is calling us to work for his people and our aim is to depopulate hell by the grace of God that you know I'd rather I'd rather you know let's let's, let's complain in heaven you know whatever, whatever problems you're in when we get to heaven let's complain about it right but let's work and get in there you know what I mean <laughs> folks as we come I know that God is calling us he is calling us into something new. I don't know exactly how he's going to work it out, but he's calling us into a brand new experience. And if you want truly to be a part of that experience, if you truly want God to bless you as you shift into that brand new experience, young woman, young man, whoever you are, first appeal. I'm asking you to stand with me. God is calling us. We didn't just come to church today just to kick back with our remote controls. (laughs) No. We came for an experience. Isn't that right? A grand experience. Great experience. And I know God is... He's calling us. He's calling us. I know God is calling some people, even right now. And you recognize that you have a calling and that God has a calling on your life. And God is calling you into ministry. He's calling you into ministry. He's calling you and you know that God has a calling on your life. You know that, you know, you are not just any ordinary citizen. Amen. You know that God is calling you into an an experience, a ministry, where God is going to anoint you, where he's going to fill you with his Holy Spirit. And you're going to walk up and down this earth as a child of the king, as a saint appointed by God. And God is calling you. And you have been running from this calling like a Jonah all these years. Or a Jonah et. Running from this calling. And you know that he's calling you. He's calling you to loose the bands. The bands. He's calling you to help to free up those individuals. And just to minister for him. Could be a preacher, could be an evangelist. God is calling you into a brand new experience. If you recognize this calling, I'm going to ask you to come to the front and cluster in this area. If you recognize God's calling in your life, in this area, we want God's anointing. God is calling you. We want the movement of God in our lives. Amen? If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If the Lord will even just say, I'll just take the rocks and the rocks. If you can't do it, the rocks will do it. God is calling you today. You want to say, Lord, I'm giving it all up. I have tried everything. I have tried everything to satisfy this emptiness in my life. And I want to be, I want, I want to be baptized. I want to be identified with the church of God. I want to be renewed fully and if this is your desire, I'm asking you to join me up here. You want to be baptized. You want to be prepared in the next baptism. You want to be renewed by the power of God. And if this is your desire, I'm asking you to join me up here. The Lord is calling you. He is calling you into a brand new experience. I'm asking you to come right up here, climb these three steps, and come on up. The Lord is calling you into a brand new experience. Amen? Come right up, come right up, come right up. He is calling you into a brand new, brand new, brand new, brand new experience. Praise the Lord. The Lord is calling you. Amen? Amen? The Lord is calling you. And he wants to redeem families. He wants to depopulate hell. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Where is your son? In hands, right? Get him. Bring him. Bring him. God is calling you. Today is the na- day of new beginnings in your life. Amen. And you want to say, Lord... I want to be baptized. I want to be renewed. I want to experience the blessing. I'm encouraging you. I'm calling you to come. Come unto me, all who are heavy laden, the Lord says, and I will. I will give you rest, amen? Amen. Is there someone else? I know there's someone else in the valley of decision. There's someone else that's always in the valley. The Lord wants to bring you to the mountaintop. Will you not come? The Lord is calling you. Brand new experience. He wants to renew you. It doesn't matter how old you are. Young or old. The calling is upon your life. And we want to pray for you. We want to pray for God's anointing on your life. Will you not come? Will you not come to the Lord today? Surrendering your life. Starting a brand new chapter. A brand new chapter. Praise the Lord. Now there's a young man <laughs> that is coming. right? And this young man, I want you to know, he, he came up... And you know what he said um, the other day? He says, Me and my mother will be baptized the next baptism. (laughs) (laughs) And he came to our summer school. And when he came, you know, he was so impressed with what was happening here. He says, I want to come to this school. And he started praying day and night that he come to this school. And we were seeking for sponsors and someone to help him to come to this school, right? And he still needs some help with some of the sponsors. And so Dr. White and myself sat down and we said, you know... This young man, he is talking about and he's telling everyone that he's coming to the school. He doesn't know how he's coming. His mom is saying, well, I don't know, you know. And he's saying, I'm coming. And so we decide, you know, we're going to call him anyhow. And the first day of school, last Monday, he didn't show up at the other school. It was a fight in the home. He didn't show up at the other school. And then we called him later that day and realized he did not, we said, come to school. And he came and he had such a great time. And he kept saying, then he kept saying, now me and my mom, we're going to be baptized the next baptism. And I believe the Lord is going to bless this young man. Amen. We want to pray for him. Amen. Praise the Lord and so everybody we want to pray now it is not too late feel free to come up the door is open the door of the church is open the lord will bring you into a brand new experience as we pray let us pray father in heaven we thank you we praise your name father I know you have called us, Lord, out of this world of nonsense, this world of confusion, into your marvelous light. Oh yes, Lord, we know what darkness is. We have messed up our lives. We have done all kinds of different things, Lord. And we're not glorifying or glorying in any of these things, Lord. But we came here today to glory in the light. In the light of your righteousness, we are glorying in what you have done, Lord. You walked the streets of of Jerusalem in this earth, Lord. And and you died on Calvary's cross for each and every one of us. And when you were dying, you had each and every single one of us on your mind. And we want to praise you today, Father. We know the devil is angry. The devil is angry because someone listening to this broadcast, someone listening over the internet, they surrendered their life today. Someone listening over the radio surrendered their life today, knowing that they're serving a God that's able to help them through. And as these individuals came up and standing on the platform, we ask, Lord, that you will please anoint them. That you will fill them with your Holy Spirit. I know, Father, that the enemy, he's angry and he will attack them. But Lord, whatever attacks that they may endure, help them to know that they're serving a God that is greater. He will always help them through. Lord, I pray for these individuals, Lord. On my right, their left, that came up. They came for a fresh anointing. They recognize that there is a calling upon their lives. And I pray, Father, that you will bless them, that you'll anoint them, that nothing will stand between the calling and you, Father. May you bless and anoint them, Lord, and just be with them. Help them, Lord, that 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 blessing that you have will be activated in their life even now. We pray for all that is standing, all those that are standing, Lord. We're standing because we know you're able. You're able to bring us through, Lord. We want to give you praise. We want to give you honor, Lord. You are a great God, Lord. And we pray that as all of us are standing here, Lord, that you will activate the blessing, the gifts that you have given us, Lord, that we will serve you, Father. Help us, Lord, to do as you do, Reach out and touch somebody's life, even this week. Make a difference in someone's life. I thank you so much, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. And we pray all of these things in the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, the very same God that stepped out in nothing and created everything. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let us hug someone beside you. Tell them that you love them. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Happy Sabbath, brother. God bless you. God bless you. All right. God bless you. God bless you. Blessing. 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 Blessings. All right. Blessing. Blessing. Blessing.